0: Our scripture text today will come from the third chapter of Philippians, (laughs) so if you want to turn there, um, we'll be looking at chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. And a a friend of mine uh, from Tennessee who is a defense attorney, someone who I appeared on the opposite side of the table with um, from many times in my career, uh, made a post from C.S. Lewis last evening, uh, and, so, and I saw that and I thought it would be good to share this morning. It's relevant. He credits this to C.S. Lewis. Um, there are far, far better things ahead than any that we leave behind, and I think that will be relevant today. So, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16, hear now the word of God. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Father, in you are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Open our eyes this morning that we may see the wonders of your word. Give us the grace that we may clearly understand and freely choose The way of your wisdom through Christ our Lord amen imagine a quaint little village somewhere nestled between rolling hills and wandering streams and in this village lives an old storyteller named Samuel known for his captivating tales that echo through the streets as the chill in the air hints at the arrival of winter, the little village becomes alive in the soft glow of flickering lanterns and the murmur of excited whispers. The setting sun paints the sky in a breathtaking palette of pink and orange, warmly embracing the stone streets. And it's cold, so the villagers have on jackets and scarves, and they have on smiles as they make their way to the center of the village, the town square, where Samuel will tell a tale. Samuel's tales are woven into the history of this small village, and the anticipation among the villagers this time is unmistakable. They know Samuel has something different, something special in mind, a narrative that would ultimately serve as a guiding light for their journey into the unknown territory of the coming year. Now the town square, usually a bustling place, a noisy place, is covered with a hush as Samuel takes his place between a, underneath a giant oak tree in the middle of the square. And the lanterns cast a radiant light on an old man's weathered face, adding a little bit of mystery to the moment. And Samuel begins his tale, his story, a story that transcends time. His words wove a tapestry of imagery, transporting the villagers into their own imaginations as they sat in the cold evening breeze and watched as the sun goes down and the sky darkens. This evening, he explained, wasn't just about listening to a story. It was about embracing the transition from one chapter of life to the next. Samuel's narrative is going to serve as a bridge between the known past and an uncertain future, a symbolic light or lantern, if you will, illuminating the path as together they stepped into uncharted territory. And with a twinkle in his eye, Samuel weaved his tale that mirrored the essence of their very lives he painted a mural on the village square depicting the highs and lows of the fading year bright vibrant colors capturing the joys of the year and darker shades to show trials and tribulations it was indeed something to behold the whole year of these people's lives on display for them in a giant mural, and they marveled at it. The villagers marveled as they looked and recognized their shared experiences, good and bad, played out before them. Now, Samuel's story, much like a mural depicting highs and lows in the villager's life, profoundly impacted his people. And as we gather here this morning on New Year's Eve, Let's reflect on our own mural of past year, of this last year's experiences. And just as Samuel made a painting that mirrored the collective experience of the village, villagers, our lives too have been a mixture of vibrant colors capturing moments of joy and dark, dark shades of trials and tribulations. So this morning as we look at Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16, we know that the Holy Spirit is here to help us understand and guide us as we figure out what it might look like to keep going and growing in a new year. Like the villagers in the story, listen to Samuel and his story, his bridge story, we can hear the words of the Apostle Paul as a guiding light for our journey into the new year. Paul's desire to attain this true perfection in Christ and his continuous pursuit of that goal should inspire us to leave behind the things of last year and strive for a closer connection with Jesus in the coming year. So let's start this morning with open hearts willing and ready to discover what it means to keep moving forward with Christ, even in the face of challenges, both the known and the unknown. In this text, Paul says, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all figured out. Nonetheless, I push ahead, and I push ahead because Christ is with me. That's where we are today. We've had ups and downs this past year from war in the Middle East, harsh economic conditions, sickness, family struggles, even tragedy and loss. We faced some serious stuff over this last year. Like I said earlier, some of us wonder, will 2023 ever end? Will it ever go away? But that's not to say that everything about last year was terrible. There were some good things last year. New people have come into some of our lives. New opportunities. Bad situations that somehow miraculously ended with good results. We could make a long list of both the good and the bad. There's no doubt about it. But here we are on the cusp of stepping in to a new and an unknown year. Tonight, the creation will give birth to a new year. And it will be fraught, no doubt, with much strife, but there will be goodness too. Life was complicated for Paul. When Paul wrote this letter, where was he at? He's in a Roman prison. Now, he wasn't setting in a prison cell, he had some privileges because he was a Roman citizen. But nonetheless, he's confined this great missionary of the gospel, he's confined. He doesn't get to go about like he's used to. So Paul is not journeying physically, but just like us, he was still on a spiritual journey, and he's documenting that for our sake. We're on a journey, and it's all about moving forward into this new year, remembering that Christ is always at our side. And Paul talks about leaving behind the stuff that holds us back, reaching forward to new things, to new goals. It's a reminder to leave behind some of the things of 2023 that we just as soon forget. Whether it's personal struggles, global challenges, those things we need to put behind us, they're beyond our control. We should focus on the things we can control. That doesn't mean we're not concerned about what's going on in the world. Don't hear me say that. But many of the things we are so concerned with, my wife reminds me of this constantly, are so out of our control. Why do we spend so much time and emotion and energy focusing on things we can't control? But we do. We're drawn to it. I can't change anything that CNN reports. I can't change anything that Fox News is talking about. I can't change any of that. And yet, we allow it to consume us and shift our focus away from what we can control. Because I can control my relationship with Christ. I can control how much time I spend seeking Him. I can control when I pray I can control who I'm praying for I can control how I respond to situations that I can't control maybe that's a good resolution for the new year I don't make resolutions it's just not my thing but I know it's something for a lot of people And maybe some of you are very successful at it. Probably why I don't make resolutions. Probably not very successful at it. But, oh, that sounds like a good resolution for the the coming year. To take my mind off the things I cannot control and put them behind me and focus on Christ who is with me, who is beside me. Always until the end of the age. Paul is reflecting his humility and his recognition that he has not yet attained the fullness of spiritual maturity or perfection. Despite his considerable accomplishments and spiritual growth, he acknowledges that there is much more to be done in his faith journey. This is a guy responsible for the planning of churches, all over the place. And he says, it's not enough. I need more of Christ. I need more of Christ. He's in pursuit of what Christ has called him to do, striving to embrace fully the and live out Christ's purpose and calling for him. Paul's words underscore the power, the transformative power of Christ's work in his life through the Holy Spirit. Christ has taken a hold of Paul and initiated this radical change. And as a result, Paul eagerly responds to the divine purpose for which Christ called him. It's important to notice in the verses before our passage this morning, verses 4 through 7, Paul talks about his qualifications in the flesh. He could have confidence in his works and what, he had accomplished in fact he's so bold as to say in verse 4 if any one of you think you've got good works you've done great things I've done more he says it his words circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews concerning the law, a Pharisee as to zeal, a persecutor of the Christians on behalf of the Pharisees. And as for righteousness under the law, blameless." That was the Apostle Paul in his practice of Judaism. We hold the Apostle Paul in high esteem. Wrote more New Testament books than any other author. His writing is theologically profound. Much of Reformed doctrine is found and born of Paul's writings. He suffered relentlessly for Christ. He went wherever Christ called him. He challenged the established religious systems of Judaism and of the Greeks. Never missed a chance to present the gospel. His preaching, he says, I preach to you Christ crucified. What an ambassador for Christ. And Paul's in prison, and he knows he's going to die. He's in prison because of the gospel, and he knows he will die for the sake of Of the gospel what's not to like what's not to admire about Paul everyone in this room at one time or another wishes we had the faith the perseverance and the drive that Paul had but here is following words in verses 7 through 11 whatever gain I had I counted as lost for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. The very same thing every one of us has. The surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Those verses tell us about Paul's journey and what happened along the way. He tells us why he does it. He admits his inability to rely on his own righteousness or ability, but instead he focuses on his need for the righteousness of Christ. He talks about the significance of faith in his life, the importance of the resurrection, and the likelihood and desire of even more suffering. He concludes the passage with the words, by any means possible. Hear that again. By any means possible, he might attain the resurrection from the dead. What a guy. His faith and desire to serve Christ was astounding. In verse 12, he says, I do not mean that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. And in verse 13, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. And straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So Paul acknowledges, just like us, he's yet to obtain all there is to attain. And some of us, if we compared our lives to Paul, would honestly have to say Paul was miles ahead of me in his Christian journey. And despite all these accomplishments and profound spiritual experiences, he humbly recognizes I haven't made it. I haven't reached some pinnacle of spiritual maturity. It's humility that Paul demonstrates. It's just vital for all of us to have. It reminds us that no matter how far we've come in our faith or how little we've moved, There's always room to grow. There's always reason to be pressing ahead. Let us never grow satisfied or think that we have arrived in our relationship with God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. But what does Paul mean when he says he presses on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of him? Well, here's a beautiful truth. Christ has taken hold of each one of you, each one of you that belongs to Him. He has taken hold of you, just like the Apostle Paul. He's called us. He's transformed us. He's given us purpose in life, and our task now is to press on, to pursue that eagerly and wholeheartedly, to look into the things that we can control. Don't strive to just be good enough. Don't strive to just be average. Strive to be who God created you to be. Don't hear me say, oh, you're supposed to be like the Apostle Paul, there's nobody in this room ever will be. He was called to a special purpose, but he does tell us later in this book, imitate those that you see himself, and other leaders. Seek out to live God's purpose for your life. Will we fail along the way? Oh, you bet we will. Some of us will fail before the day's over. And when we fail, we need to recognize our failure and confess it before God. Repent. And it's a good time to tell yourself the gospel story. It's an excellent time to reflect on what has been done on your behalf so that you might be reconciled to the God you were an enemy of. It's a perfect time to reflect on how much the Holy Trinity has invested in you. Paul tells us that to move forward, we must forget what lies behind us. That doesn't mean we ignore our past but rather we do not allow it to hinder us or to hold us back from pursuing the future God has for us. We have to let go of our past mistakes, failures, regrets. Instead, focus on the glorious destiny that God has set before us. We're encouraged to focus on what lies ahead as we press on. Our goal isn't just tangible success or earthly achievements, But the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, and that always exists. It's always there with you because Christ is with you. It's not something that you can't reach. You already possess it. But you have not yet fully obtained it. It's the already not yet of redemption at work in your life, in my life. So let's press on towards the goal. Forget what lies behind and reach for let's what lies ahead. Pursue with everything in us. Pursue the calling that Christ has for your life. Never settle for mediocrity or contentment in our faith. Instead, be joyful, thankful, and eager to press on to become more like Christ. Fully embrace what he has. For you. He has prepared for us just as Paul was. We're a work in progress. You know that. Imagine deep within the earth there exists a piece of carbon, just an ordinary element, much like our own lives, before encountering the transforming love of Jesus. And over time, immense pressure bearing down on this carbon, intensifying the heat. The humble element finds itself in an environment of challenges and refining circumstances. And similarly, as followers of Christ, we encounter various pressures, challenges in our lives, and these experiences, though difficult, have the potential to shape us into something extraordinary, much like carbon is transformed into a diamond. Carbon doesn't become a diamond overnight. It takes time. It's an ongoing process of refinement and precision because a breathtaking transformation is underway. Beauty is not, beauty does not just appear. It's crafted. It's created. Even in a newborn, oh, isn't that baby beautiful? They're all beautiful, right? Well, it just appeared beautiful, right? No. It was crafted and created in the womb by the hands of God. In the darkness and in the depths of trials, that diamond, that beauty is created This once ordinary piece of carbon evolves into a dazzling precious gem just as God takes the raw material of our lives and shapes us through these trials and triumphs it's a process and it requires patience trust faith in his divine workmanship so as we strive Toward sanctification in Christ. Take time each day to routinely examine our lives. See where we might need to improve. Letting go of our past mistakes and not dwelling on them, but instead focusing on what's ahead. Always keeping our eyes fixed on Christ. Our text also shows that Paul recognizes that From time to time among believers, differences of opinion will arise. And we just have to acknowledge that's a reality of this world. But Paul reminds us that God in his wisdom and love, he'll make these differences clear to us. We don't need to be anxious or discouraged by disagreements within the body of Christ. Instead, we trust that God will guide us and grant us clarity when we work together, when we seek together His purpose. And then Paul talks about a mature outlook. What what does that mean? What does it mean to have a mature outlook on these matters? Well, it means being humble. It means being open to learning and growing. It means not becoming complacent or stuck with our own opinions but remaining teachable, receptive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. A mature believer recognizes that they have not arrived. They are not all that, as the kids say. No, a mature believer is one who is pressing on towards excellence. Paul speaks of this importance of unity within the body of Christ. And though we all come from different places, different backgrounds, different experiences, different perspectives, we are called to be unified in our pursuit of truth and in our glorification of God. And Paul encourages us in his other writings that when we gather together for worship, we are to encourage and to exhort one another. James tells us to look out for one another's needs. Our differences or our needs should not divide us, but instead they serve as opportunities for unity, as opportunities for growth, as opportunities for iron to sharpen iron. That's how we need to see these things. So let us embrace this mindset of spiritual maturity with humility and teachability. Be open to God's correction and guidance, trusting that when there are disagreements, God will show up and God will help us to clarify confusion or disagreement. Let us prioritize unity and love in our interactions When one of us hurts or weeps, we all hurt or weep, and we celebrate the happiness and joys of one another as well. We are all on this journey of faith together. So let us encourage, let us learn from one another and grow together as we press on toward the high calling that God has placed before us. Imagine a group of hikers on a challenging mountain climb. Each hiker has a map, they're prepared, but each map has a different route to reach the top because that hiker prepared the map. Some maps suggest taking a longer, more scenic path. Others recommend a shorter, steeper path. And as they discuss and debate their options, tensions rise, disagreements emerge, and in this situation paul's words from philippians three fifteen holds great wisdom the hikers who have successfully climbed mountains before with a mature outlook on the journey step in to remind everyone take a step back let's consider the bigger picture they acknowledge that differing opinions are valid they're understandable however rather than allowing them to create divisions confusion the mature believers encourage the group to trust in the collective experience of the group and to lean on the expertise of those who have successfully navigated similar paths call on their wisdom call on their experience Ultimately, the climbers will understand that the purpose of the climb is not to prove that my path is the best path, my way is the best way. The purpose of the climb is for the goodness of the group, for the growth of the group, for the exposure to the beauty of the creation, of God's creation, for the things that that exposure does to their soul. That's what it's for. It's not... To prove who's right or who's wrong. It's for the good of the body. Verse 16 imparts a very powerful wisdom. Urging us to only let us live up to what we have already attained. Already attained. Already attained. Live up to it is what Paul says. He reminds us that our faith is not merely theoretical. It's not limited to head knowledge. It must translate into concrete action. Christianity involves acquiring knowledge and actively living out the truth that we have obtained. Imagine a student, easy for me to do, spends years studying a subject, gaining knowledge and understanding. But it becomes meaningless if that student fails to apply this acquired knowledge. In the same way, each of us must not be content with mere intellectual assent, comprehension of biblical truth. (laughs) We learn these things to live out these things. Not just to tuck them away and be a repository for people with answers to biblical questions. We should see the transforming power of God's work in our lives every day. Living up to what we've already obtained means walking in obedience to God's commands, guided by His principles, and exhibiting the character of Christ. It involves consistently demonstrating love forgiveness humility and integrity in our relationships interactions with others it means actively pursuing spiritual growth through prayer worship studying the scripture engaging in disciplines that deepen our connection with God and nurture our faith Paul's words challenge us to persevere He's, he doesn't want us to become stagnant or complacent resting on last year's accomplishments he calls us to press forward to the new to the unmet challenges constantly striving to live up to the level of understanding we have already attained it's not about perfection it's not about achieving some attainable spiritual idea it's about commitment a commitment to to pursue righteousness, and to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. So let us take the message of Philippians 3 to heart. Let us live up to what we've already attained, assuring that our faith is more than just theoretical. It's action. Should our lives be a testimony to the transforming power of the gospel? imagine a group of musicians not hard for us to do practicing for months in preparation for a performance each musician has honed their skill has a good understanding of the music they'll be playing however when the time comes for them to perform some might just go through the motions not fully engaged with the music, not fully giving their effort. Ever felt like that at a worship service? I do sometimes. I'm honest. I admit it. In contrast, the other musicians genuinely live up to their attainment level. They not only play their instruments skillfully, but they pour their heart and their soul into it. They're fully present in the moment, immersing themselves in the beauty of the melodies and harmonies. Passion and dedication evident as they play with precision, dynamic movement, emotion. And their performance captivates the audience and it leaves a lasting impact. Barbara and I saw Handel's Messiah a few weeks ago. It was a new experience for me. I'd never seen that and the conductor, I'm wondering who needs a guy standing there with a stick doing this all the time? He was so into it. I'm watching him as much as anything else because he felt it. He felt the music. It's why I like the blues music so much. It's why it's my favorite kind of music because you can see it when the musician plays. You know that they feel that because they're pouring themselves into something that God has given them. Don't lack the passion of a musician for this tremendous gift that God has given you. Pour your heart and soul into it. Remember our story from the beginning? Samuel, the artist, the storyteller painted this wonderful mural of the lives of the villagers. Remember as they stood in awe of the painting, reflecting across the whole last year of their life, both the good and the bad. With a twinkle in his eye, Samuel approached the mural, paintbrush in hand, And as the clock struck midnight, with deliberate strokes, Samuel began to paint over the entire mural, covering both the bright hues of joy and the dark tones of sorrow. Gasp from the villagers. This beautiful thing that he had created, he's now covering up. Samuel, sensing this, revealed the heart of the story. And he explained, the beauty of life lies not in clinging to the past, but in embracing the uncertainty of the future. And as we enter a new year, we must release the canvas of our lives, allowing room for new stories, new colors, new possibilities, new opportunities, new challenges, new trials as God continues to form you into what you are meant to be. The villagers left the square after Samuel spoke with a renewed purpose. They were ready to face what lied ahead. They looked forward to maybe next year. Samuel might recreate their lives for them to look back on and see and then have it cleaned away so that they could focus on what was next. And we've learned from Paul's words, pressing on towards the goal in our Christian journey means acknowledging we're not perfect, but we are constantly seeking growth, maturing in our faith, and holding on to the truth we've already attained. So let us continue pursuing the ultimate prize of the eternal life with our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we end this year and prepare to embark on a new one, let us reflect on the message of Philippians chapter 3. The importance of continuous growth, of pressing forward and living up to the level of understanding that we've already attained. Let's not focus on our failures, let's not focus on our shortcomings. But instead, embrace the process that we know is going on. That we are being changed into something remarkable. Let's not be content with mediocrity or complacency. As a body of Christ, let us seek unity within the body of Christ valuing the insights and experiences of our more experienced faith journey members. As we conclude this morning, may we wholeheartedly embrace the challenge to live up to what we've already attained. Let our faith be seen in action. So if you want to make a New Year's resolution, If you're into resolutions, I can't think of a better one to make. See what Paul has said in chapter 3 of Philippians. Father, thank you for your word and your guidance through the Holy Spirit that it provides for our lives. And help us to press on towards our goal in Christ, always seeking your wisdom and growing in our faith. Please give us a mature mindset and help us to hold on to the truth we have already attained. In Christ's precious name we pray. Amen.